Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello and welcome to the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff. I'm your host of the show and the show is for supporting parents with special needs children. And today we are fortunate to have Keisha Pruden with us, who is a licensed therapist, an autism advocate, a mother of two amazing sons, one whom is autistic and the other whom has ADHD. And her unique perspective allows her to help parents navigate the special needs world. And I know you're going to love what you hear from Keisha today. Keisha, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're grateful that you're here. So you have two sons. What are the ages? Well, my oldest son, Aaron, who is on the autism spectrum, is 26. And then my youngest son, Bryant, who has ADHD, just turned 18 and will be entering college uh, in a few weeks. Wow, congratulations. What was the first sign that Bryant maybe was progressing different than the way that you thought he was supposed to progress? Well, you mean in terms of autism? Yeah, just like, when did you see that something was maybe different? So with my oldest son, my oldest son, Aaron, is the one that has autism. And so what started happening, my first telltale sign was his language started to disappear uh, around the age of, I would say, 12, 14 months, where you would, you know, children don't have a full vocabulary at that time, but he did have maybe 10 words. And just over a span of maybe four or five months, the words disappeared. Uh, so the first thing we did was we went to his pediatrician and who told us he had fluid in his ears. And if we removed the fluid, then his language would come back. So we had the fluid removed, expecting his language to return, and it did not return. Wow. Uh, so that started you know, our journey on the spectrum, uh, autism spectrum. We didn't know that's what it was then, of course, but that started, you know, our journey. Wow. So how long did you give it for it to, you know, thinking that it was a fluid situation before you realized that it wasn't? Maybe a couple of months. Um, I'm a type A personality so and goal driven. So, you know, we had the tubes put in, the fluid went away, and now we were expecting immediate language. And when we didn't get it, we went to our pediatrician again, and he said, well, it, it might take a while, but I only waited a couple of months um, before. I said, okay, we have to do something. This is not the normal trajectory for an infant slash toddler. So then our next step was to go to a children's hospital in our area, Children's Hospital of the King's Daughters in Norfolk, Virginia. So he was around... He wasn't quite two 
and we took him there for specialized testing. And that was his very first diagnosis that we received, uh, which is common for a lot of kids on the spectrum and that's mixed receptive expressive language disorder. So that just meant that he couldn't express himself and he also had problems understanding what was being communicated to him. So once we had that diagnosis, then that opened up an opportunities for him to receive specialized services. Do you feel like the doctor was just not knowledgeable in that area or were they being hopeful or misleading? Do you have any feelings there? I think back on that time a lot and uh, many parents don't have a lot of fuzzy feelings about their pediatrician. However, my kid's pediatrician, because both of my kids had the same one, He was very knowledgeable. He just wasn't knowledgeable about autism. Now, keep in mind, this was over 25 years ago. So if you think back that far ago, a lot wasn't being talked about in terms of autism. So I really believe that he believed that, you know, he would, you know, that my son Aaron would, you know, grow into language, grow into speech. And so he told us the, the best that he knew according to his experience. And we continued having, he was his pediatrician until he turned 18. And so as time went on, you know, and we would go back to him and we would say, he's been diagnosed with this or that. And he would, okay. And then he would try to learn um, more about autism and any referrals we needed, he gave us. So I don't have any, you know, bad feelings about his pediatrician, but I certainly understand parents who, you know, have issues with their pediatricians. That's um, a sensitive topic for a lot of parents, but it was different 25 years ago. And I'm actually grateful for how things have evolved. I mean, do you feel like things have evolved in a positive way since when you first were diagnosed? Your son was diagnosed? Definitely. Because by the time my youngest son came along, there were a lot more diagnostic screenings during well visits. So you could catch it earlier, if that makes sense, because you have the parent to fill out, you know, the developmental, you know, trajectory forms. And they had a lot more by the time my youngest son was born. So I can appreciate that. I just as a clinician, I just understand that providers can only give you what they know. And I understood that he didn't know more, you know, much about it. But by the time my youngest son was born, he had more information about it and was much more helpful. And that's one of the things that we uh, really push in Naked Parent Nation is to not just get one answer and then follow that, that, you know, a mom or dad, we have insights and feelings and, and gut feelings as well. And so we're always pushing for people to, you know, keep asking questions, keep pursuing the questions that you have and not just expecting the professional to know everything about such a wide spectrum of possibilities. Absolutely. And I think what also helps is when I'm advocating for kids, I will um, suggest to parents that they find a developmental pediatrician that's mm-hmm. a more specialized pediatrician that you know knows more information than maybe just a general pediatrician that's not always um, available especially in rural areas, because I live in a rural area in North Carolina. So we would have to, for example, when I was um, researching this topic for a parent, they would have to have driven um, maybe an hour, an hour and a half to find the nearest one. But they're willing, of course, you know, it's your baby. 
so you're willing to drive, but that can be a hindrance to people who don't have access to transportation. So did you have the services that you were looking for at the time to handle some of the early development with your son, or was that challenging? Absolutely. It was not challenging in the way that parallel processes were going on. So while we were experiencing these issues with Aaron, I was also in graduate school for um, my dual master's, which is in substance abuse clinical counseling and rehabilitation counseling. So the rehabilitation counseling of my master's, that part, allowed me the opportunity to learn about IEPs and 504s and working with people with disabilities. So as I was learning information in school, I was ensuring that Aaron was getting these services either at his daycare or in home services. And luckily, when you turn three years old, you qualify. A lot of children with disabilities qualify for an array of services. But even before he turned three, because I knew about the services, I was able to contact the appropriate facilities and get occupational therapy for him, speech therapy, and those types of things. And he was even enrolled for a time in a specialized um, daycare for children with disabilities. We're blessed in that way that I had the knowledge and knew what to ask for and ask for it and got it. You weren't kidding when you said type A, right? Raising kids <laughs> and masters. So are there any uh, moments that you've had along the way that have uh, given you insight that kind of stand out for you today to share? Absolutely. The biggest aha moment that I've had throughout the years is to the, the biggest lesson that I've learned and that I could impart into other parents is to enjoy your children. Because what happens is we get so used to fighting and advocating and making sure and making lists and, and that type of thing that we miss out on golden opportunities to enjoy them growing up. And that is one of the regrets that I have in parenting Aaron is that, you know, I was just mama bear 90% of the time. And I know that I missed um, opportunities to, you know, to see him laugh and grow and, you know, just have fun times. We did have those times, don't get me wrong, but I know that I, I missed some. So if I would say anything to parents is to, I'm not telling you not to advocate, but I am telling you to enjoy your kids. Oh, that's, that's beautiful insight. It really is. And uh, I appreciate that. What's something that you're excited about in terms of your growing children at this point? What's something that you're kind of working on or excited about for their future or what their things they're doing today? Well, for my oldest son, I'm excited that he is employed because awesome. you know, many of our adult children on the spectrum are not. I think it's the numbers maybe 80%, maybe higher than that. He started working before COVID hit, like right before. <laughs> and wow. then COVID hit. So um, he's excited to be returning to work soon. So I'm excited for him with that. And of course, that wasn't his first job. Aaron, because again, type A personality, he has worked since he was 15. So even when he was in high school, he was wrestling, playing football, and working and doing schoolwork. So I, I'm excited for him to be returning to work. For my youngest son, 
who has ADHD, we're excited that one, he graduated high school, yay. Yeah. <laughs> and two, because that was a journey again with COVID um, during his senior year and he was um, at home, online school. And um, so he was accepted to college and he'll be going for nursing. So wow. we're excited for him with that. And we're just trying to put together um, strategies uh, to help him, you know, be successful in school. So, cause, because ADHD is, you know, its own obstacle in many ways, and especially with the executive functioning, with planning and strategizing and executing tasks. So, you know, we've been working with him on getting him ready for more independent living. So it's an exciting time. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's, it also sounds like the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree in terms of taking on a lot and, you know, building an exciting life. It sounds like they're doing awesome things. And I think that's one of the things that's easy to forget when we're in mama bear, or papa bear mode. We forget about how much life there is to live. And it sounds like they're doing a great job. It sounds like you're doing a great job as well. How about for you? What do you do to take care of you? Well, I garden, so I love my flowers and I walk in the mornings. And that, you know, I walk and I'm a person of faith. We're a family of faith. So while I walk, I pray and I read like I'm, I'm an avid reader. Um, so I'm very in tune to the concept of whole wellness, biopsychosocial, spiritual wellness, that everything is connected. So if one aspect of your life becomes in turmoil, it affects, you know, other parts of your life. Um, now I've struggled in the last 12 months with some depression, some anxiety myself. Our family has endured in the past six months the loss of three very important people um, oh. to our family. Right. So it's been a struggle, but um, we are determined as a family to find that balance again, to find a new normal. And when you have children, or even though they're adults with issues like autism and ADHD, you you tune in a little deeper. I ask every day, you know, how my sons are doing and I let them know if they need to talk about anything they can. And, you know, we get together as a family as, as much as they will allow us <laughs> because yeah. you know, we're adults. So my husband and I understand that and we don't force them, you know, to spend time with us, but we do offer opportunities. Um, so the village living and our faith is what has helped us along the way. That's beautiful. I love hearing about the family coming together. You know, it's it's easy sometimes to have those things push right. us apart. And it's sad because there's so much when we come together as a family versus trying to do it alone. Suffering alone is is, is difficult. So anyway, I, I it's great to hear that you are working on the whole you. And I'm sorry to hear about the losses in your family. That's that's one of the difficult mysteries of life. Right. And uh, how about anything that you wish you knew then that you know now? That is a good question. That patience is a virtue. Ah. Um, <laughs> patience is a virtue. Everything is not going to happen overnight. Starting out very early, I wish I had known to be more collaborative mm. with school officials. I learned that as I went along to be more collaborative and not, you know, go into situations saying, well, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> you know, I've learned that it's, you know, if you approach situations saying, what can we do to improve the quality of life for my son? That works. 
if you approach a teacher and say, what can I do to help you improve your classroom experience? It's all about reframing. And I learned that, you know, as I went along. So I wish I had learned that, you know, patience is a virtue. Just hold tight. As my daddy used to say, just hold tight. It'll work out. And to be more collaborative, because I think as parents, we go in defensive and ready to fight. And I totally get it. I totally understand, especially if you feel like your child is being mistreated and not being afforded all the opportunities that they're legally entitled to. But you catch more bees with honey than vinegar. So I, I learned that. And it has worked for me and it's worked for my the clients and the families that I consult with. I believe it. I love that. Be more collaborative. That's awesome. What's next on your list that you want to add for taking care of yourself and your needs? Is there anything you need oh, to get? Oh, gosh, I don't know. That is a very good question because I'm learning in this season of my life, I'm learning to rest more. And I think that the simpler my life is, the more I'll be well. And in a whole sense, because I've spent a lot of my, I've been a parent since I was, you know, 22 and I'm now 48. And so I told somebody the other day, I've been tired since 1995. Like, you know, that's what it feels like. I've just been like working and working and working and working. If not with my son to advocate for him um, and just building my private practice, you know, working, taking care of a, a family, that type of thing. So what's next for KP? I usually have this long list of things I'm working on um, mm-hmm. because of the type A, but I'm learning as I get older that rest is golden. So I'm going to rest until I feel like it's time to do something different. Sounds good. And your uh, professional field of work, what kind of person is looking for what you provide? Like what kind of situation is a person in when they would come to somebody like yourself to get support? So what normally happens, it depends on the population and situation. So for example, I work with parents who will come to me and say, my child is not getting everything that they're supposed to get in the school system. I'm not quite sure what they're supposed to get, but I know they're not getting it. So that's, I help parents with the advocacy piece. So what I could do is I could either teach them how to better advocate for their children, or I could actually be the advocate and be available in person or, you know, via telehealth video conferencing. Um, For lack of a better word, I'm a facilitator. I help hold the hand of the parent while they're in the meeting. I make sure that they understand what's going on and that their baby gets everything that's needed at that time. So that's what I would do for the parent and the children and the families. Now, on the flip side, I also do consultation work with school systems. We have, you know, teachers who say, you know, teachers, IEP um, staff, 504 staff, administrators who are saying, we want to know more. Can you train us? So then on the on that side, I, would, I go in and do trainings and say, you know, this is autism. This is ADHD. This is what it looks like. This is federally, like legally, this is what needs to be done. This is how you create IEPs, um, that type of thing. And so I also, you know, work with other like social workers, other mental health professionals um, to train them about autism and advocacy as well. Because if you think about it, therapists, we're not trained technically to deal with autism. So there are many therapists out there who have autistic clients, but do not know how to treat them. So then on that and with that population, I say, well, this is what autism is. 
This is what it looks like. These are the treatment modalities that work best. And this is how you implement them. Awesome. Does geography um, matter for the work that you're doing or can it be anybody really anywhere? Anybody, anywhere. I'm available to work, um, especially, you know, with Zoom and, you know, Skype, all the different online platforms. Uh, I'm available, you know, to work with any population, any school system, any family. Cool. That's that's what's so awesome about the video conferencing now. I mean, it just... Right. It opens up so much. It's really cool. And was, uh, maybe we can put it in the show notes after the show of how people can get a hold of you. But what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? The best way is to visit my website, um, which is www.prudentcounselingconcepts.com. And then you can have a way to contact me. My phone number, as soon as you the website comes up, there's a way to contact me either by phone or by confidential email. I have confidential email. Um, and so just send me, shoot me an email or give me a call and I'll, I'll respond back to you quickly. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. I do like a lightning round where it's just one, one answer to one sentence kind of answers to go through a few questions. Are you, are you game for it? I'm game. Let's go. All right. What's the best advice you have received? Have faith in the process. Share a personal habit that contributes to your success. Prayer. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? www.rightslaw.com What's the next thing on your list that you want to add to your individual well-being? <laughs> Lose weight. <laughs> Got it. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? Hmm. Probably more patience. <laughs> I like that. And Keisha, you gave a lot of value today, a lot of areas that we need to talk about. You presented yourself as a resource for the challenges that we face, and I appreciate that. Is there any guidance or something that we talked about today that you'd like to kind of leave the parents that are listening with today? To be honest, the first thing that came to my mind was I just wanted to reiterate the importance of reaching out and asking for help. Many special needs parents feel like they're living on an island and that no one is there to help them. And that is so far from the truth. There is no shame in asking for help and saying, I don't know what to do. You know, what are the resources? And now, like I was saying before, 20 years ago, we didn't have the plethora of resources that we have now. Even something as simple as a Facebook page, you know, for special needs parents can be a, you know, can be a resource for parents because a lot of times the best resource can be other parents it doesn't have to be you know a mental health professional or behavioral um health professional um so the biggest thing i can say is don't be afraid to ask for help advocate but also collaborate and trust the process i love it i appreciate the time that you have taken with us today and the knowledge that you shared and I wish you and your family all the best in this kind of, it feels like a new chapter coming out of COVID a little bit. The excitement of your son going off to college and your other who's employed. And I wish you, um, you know, healing in your heart for the things that you're going through as well. Thank you so very much. And thank you for having me. I had a great time. All right. Have a wonderful day. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. 
If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.